the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. W presents Rob Black in Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning, so to speak. Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? The 15 people are dead and 180 injured after a huge chemical explosion in a plant near Waco. Wow. Pretty rough week to be an American. Boston Marathon bomb. Suspect is caught on tape. Interesting to note. Um, what do we have to hit? We have to hit something this morning. I know we do. Oh, market numbers. Monday down, Tuesday up, Wednesday down, Thursday, it's going to be a downer. SP 500's down 10, the Dow's down 73, the Nasdaq's down 26. U.S. jobless claims data calms concerns on the labor market. We're going to be better in the second half of this year. But it's not the second half of this year. Gold sits up 7 bucks. 10-year Treasury sits at 1.692%. Again, just telling you, it's a stressed market. It's a distressed economy. So jobless claims, calm concern about the labor market. We're slowly creating jobs. They're not great jobs. They're not jobs with high pay, but we're slowly creating jobs. That should eat away at the unemployment number. No other president of the United States has ever been as popular as President Barack Obama is with these bad jobs numbers. He's got a lot of what it's referred to as political currency. Um, so another rough day. There's no way to sugarcoat this. We're in a bit of a correction. Corrections are normal. I'm not freaked out by it. Verizon and United Health Group, Morgan Stanley. All pretty solid numbers. PepsiCo, Philip Morris, Freeport, MacMoran, AutoNation, Fifth Third, Key Corp, all slowly releasing their numbers this morning. Tonight we get Microsoft and IBM, Google, AMD, Chipotle, Mexican Grill, and E-Trade. Dow Component American Express leads the stocks to watch today. They reported its first quarter profit of buck fifteen a share. Revenue was slightly below expectations, but Amex did allay concerns that the economy might curtail use of its cards. 
again, we're getting nothing but good news in earnings. American Express is trading up 18 cents today to 64.31. 52 week range of 67 dollars down to 53 dollars. So it's at the high end of its trade. That's one of the problems with it. It's at near all time high. So a busy week for Fed speakers today continues. Sarah Bloom Raskin, Jeremy Stein, they're going to speak at the Ford Foundation event in New York. Minneapolis Fed President Naranya Kochaklaka and Richmond Fed President Jeffrey Lacker have public appearances as well. Lacker's got an interview today with CNBC. So a lot of financial information going to be discerned today. SanDisk makes memory chips. Uh, Flash memory chips, typically in smaller devices, they raise their revenue forecast for the year. Expectations of higher prices. Good news. GM said their new diesel version of the Chevy Cruze gets 46 miles per gallon on the highway, outperforming some hybrids in that category. LinkedIn's announced a major overhaul to its mobile application today. LinkedIn, Facebook, Zynga, Groupon, either the, the companies that have all come public that are Internet companies or app companies, social media companies, LinkedIn seems to be the best of the best. A lot of people would have thought it would have been Facebook, but no, it's LinkedIn. Toyota, they've offered $146 million in tax breaks by the state of Kentucky to build the Lexus at its plant there. The automakers are going to reportedly be unveiling a plan to do just that tomorrow. So Kentucky says, we'll give you $146 million in tax breaks if you come to our state. LDK Solar, they reported their seventh consecutive quarterly loss, just a few days of partially defaulted on a bond payment. So LDK Solar, again, telling us that solar is not ready for prime time. Solar is not ready for the big league, so to speak. It's a dollar stock. If you go way back in history, it was a $70 stock. That's now a dollar stock. Would I buy LDK Solar? No. I want to touch that with, with your money. I want to touch it with my enemy's money. It's El Stinko. Verizon had a great quarter. Verizon is crazy expensive, but I like Verizon. 4% dividend yield. Incredibly high PE. 16 times next year's earnings. That's... Historically, crazy high for your utility company. Would I buy it? Absolutely, I'd consider it. I think they uh, are showing growth, stock buybacks, dividend increases. So this is an important earnings season. This could be the worst earnings season we get this year. Stocks are priced to perfection. So any hit, breath nod, wink, tip, the back half of the year is going to be weak for a company and your price of perfection, you're getting smacked. But right now we've got unbelievably good earnings. And yeah, the market will correct from its recent run. But I still think we move higher for the year. Even if we were just go back to where we were a week ago, I think it's a pretty good year. 
in Germany. Schultz. Lawmakers approved participation in the 10 billion euro, i.e. 13 billion rescue of Cyprus. Finance Minister Wolfgang Schwabe, he warned that refusing aid to the fifth crisis-ravaged state risked triggering a sovereign default and contagion to other Euro nations. PepsiCo, they sold a lot of Doritos. They're the world's largest snack food maker. Posted profit that beat the average expectations after global snack sales increased. eBay a little bit lower. They missed the analyst expectations of $3.77 billion for sales. Expect next quarter to be between 3.8 and 3.9 billion. Yeah, literally they missed by 200 thousand dollars. Which you're like, what's 200 thousand? When you pull off, you know, what PepsiCo pulls off in trade, it adds up. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. So eBay, uh, a little lower than expected. PepsiCo, a little better than expected. SanDisk, a little better than expected next quarter. Star Wars movies, coming every summer starting in 2015. Disney announced Star Wars film will hit theaters every summer starting 2015. Whoa, wait, what did he just say? Star Wars movies coming every summer. They're going to explode into overhype. Got a seminar coming up in Burlingame on the 27th. It's a Saturday. Two seminars, one a wealth preservation retirement planning, one a money 101. You can learn about both at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. We're still looking at a major mess for the drive on westbound 580. Right before 680, the Dublin interchange, a crash involving two big rigs, is still blocking the three right lanes. One of the big rigs has been cleared traffic, however, backed up solid. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. There's some strange investments in the world. You can invest in ammunition and weapons makers. Sturm Luger comes to instant mind. Senate gun vote, they passed on any sort of change in the gun control laws. Not even expanding background checks on gun purchases to include gun shows. Our Congress, it's a bunch of boobs. They don't get it. Um, You know, Giffords, Gabby Giffords was shot in the head at point blank range. She's one of those people who's embracing gun control. The families of Newton, Connecticut. Uh, they're just not being... Nothing's getting done. It's terribly, terribly unfortunate. 
There's a lot of mental disease in this country that, that needs to be caught. And some people shouldn't have guns. Some people should. Some people shouldn't. I think we can all agree on that kind of simple statement. Got a couple of events coming up. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, Doubletree, in Burlingame, Saturday, April 27th, from 9 to noon. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. In the afternoon, I'm doing Money 101, all things financial, from 1 to 4, Doubletree, in Burlingame. Pretty good earnings that I'm seeing this morning across the board. And yet, the markets are pulling back, and rightfully so. October, November, December, January, February, March, all very, very positive months on the market. SP 500 is down 8, NASDAQ down 23, Dow down 59. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is a financial planner with New Focus Financial. Coming in today to talk a little bit about long-term care insurance. Let's start with what is long-term care? Well, long-term care insurance, and, and for the record, I don't sell long-term care insurance. Okay, that's but, good. You know, fee-based financial planning, but I'm a huge believer in it. I started in this business at a pretty young age with my grandfather, who had a lot of older clients. Right. And about two years into the business, it seemed like the phone was ringing almost every week. I'd get a call from a husband or a wife saying, they've gone into a nursing home, they've got Alzheimer's, uh, you know, how am I going to pay for this? It's Back then, it was even three or $4,000 a month. Now you're approaching five or six. In the Bay Area, you can see nursing home costs as high as 10 for a month for a right. skilled nursing facility. Which, do the math, that's $100,000 a year. Yeah, 120. So the average person, once they go into a nursing home, first of all, once you hit about 70, there's about a 60% chance you're going in. Okay. And the average stay is three years. So that includes the people that go in for 10 years with dementia and just, you know, and that's the, that's the killer of the portfolio. Yeah. And then there's those that go in for six months and have a stroke and die or, or you know, whatever. It's, it's the average stay in America is about three years. And Medicare doesn't cover it. If you, if you go through the right steps and you end up in a hospital for three days and with a 30 days, there's all these rules to get any kind of a a short-term coverage from Medicare. So the long-term, it's up to you. You either, you're either going to, you got a couple of options. You can either pay for yourself. That means you've saved more than enough for retirement. So the person that that's able to self-insure is those people that are 65 and they're able to live off of, you know, maybe two to 3% of their portfolio. And that's more than enough, right? They can probably self-insure. There's middle America, which they're retiring and they're having to live off of 4 or 5% of their portfolio at 65. They need the long-term care insurance the most. And then there's those that haven't saved enough. They're going to go on Medicare, or Medicaid rather, and it's called Medi-Cal in California, which means to get that coverage, not only it's typically not the kind of care you'd really want for yourself or your parents, but you've got to spend down to 2000 bucks, And only a certain amount of your home is now protected as an asset as well. So... The, the biggest thing about long-term care insurance is it actually helps you stay out of a nursing home. If you have an event, you, have, you lose the five activities of daily living. Let's right. say it's dressing or eating or continence, whatever. They'll pay for somebody to come to your house and take care of you. It helps you stay in your home. Right. And tell me a nursing home that you've, like, that you've been in and you oh, great food, great people. This is where I want to be in retirement. No, I'd rather have a wheelchair ramp built at my house so I can stay there. And right? the, the parent that you put in that old folks' home, they're not happy, and they're, they're, they're bitter, and they're pissed about it. So it's a lose-lose scenario. So long-term care, just so people know, my grandmother, she had Alzheimer's disease for five years, and it was horrific watching mm-hmm. her die. Uh, did you know, like, if you don't get out of bed, like, your foot, your bones become so frail, they just collapse? Mm-hmm. Your yeah. arms start to curl up towards your heart because that's just age. Like, you just sit in there waiting to die. Bed sores and everything else. It's ugh. My mother's had a couple strokes, and she's ha- been in um, long-term care three times in the last five years. So it, this is a real issue. For me, I don't know, because I'm, I'm going to live forever, Chad. 
You know, it's that's the that's way the people is. that need it. You know, if you've got fam- you go. more family history of people just having a massive cholesterol issues and they have a heart attack and die, right? Versus, if I get a client and they have both parents went in with dementia or Alzheimer's, right? Um, even the wealthy ones that can do the the one to two percent of income and and be completely fine. Yeah. What happens is is they get to that point in time and somebody else, like a kid, is making the decision for them on care. Right. And the kid's worried about their inheritance. They're thinking, oh, dad's got Alzheimer's. He doesn't even know where he's at. I'm going to put him in this house where he's sharing a room with somebody else so I can inherit more money. So even wealthy people might want to look at long-term care insurance to take the financial piece of the health care decision yeah. out of the mix. It's really an estate planning piece as well. And you can write that type of instruction into your trusts. So... With that, with that said, do poor people need to buy long-term care? Um, you know, it, it, you know what I mean. Poor people poor can't people. afford it. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of one of those things where you're where you're looking at costs of two hundred and fifty dollars a month and up. Yeah. If you buy the stuff, it's you know early. Okay. It's more if you buy it later in life. Four to five thousand a month. Oh yeah, if you're seventy-five or eighty. Okay. You know, I mean, it gets to the point. You know, you've got to get it purchased typically by sixty-five, sixty-six. So in the ghetto, you don't need you don't need long-term care insurance. <laughs> poor people don't need it because the poor they can't afford are it. Too old, you can't afford it. It's it's your your risk is too high. You haven't paid in the pool long enough, and don't think that it might. You know, most of the time when you're going to buy long-term care insurance, um, the agents say, "Well, rates aren't likely to go up," but really they are. Because okay. an insurance company, the only way they can raise rates is if they can go to the state and say, "Look, we've had higher than expected claims. We need to raise the rates," and the state will let them do that. So that could happen as well. Talking retirement issues and more with certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black. Again, doing a big event coming up in Burlingame. Not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, the 27th. Two events: one on wealth preservation and retirement planning. People who are 40 years old and plus heading towards retirement, starting to think about what retirement looks like, going to be in Burlingame. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. One ticket gets two people in. Um, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, Saturday, April 27th from 9 to noon, Doubletree Hotel in Burlingame in the afternoon. I'm doing a Money 101, all things financial. Doubletree again in Burlingame from 1 to 4. Uh, one's for wealth accumulation, that's the afternoon, and one's for wealth management and retirement planning, that's the morning. To sign up, you can go to robblack.com. Now, one of the stories out there today is Philip Morris Profit Trails Analyst Expectations. They made $2.13 billion, down from last year's expectations, last year's numbers of $2.16 billion. Pretty good numbers. Is it enough to move markets? This is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Success of New Focus Financial. AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. On AM 1220, KDOW, and iHeart Radio Station.
The Flaming Lips once sold a 24-hour-long song on a hard drive encased in a real human skull for $5,000. Twitter has introduced a music format. It's kind of cool. Twitter's made an app available to every iPhone user. They're going to make the same app available to every Google Android user soon. Twitter's new app, it's tied towards music. Pound Music. It is separate from its primary business model, the, the Twitter that you know. The app suggests bands you might like. It shows what music the people you follow are currently listening to. Users can also search popular music enjoyed by the universe of other app users. Twitter surfaces what it calls emerging trends. Long story short, companies like RDO, Spotify, um, subscribers, they can listen to their services straight through Twitter's new app. They can also hear previews of music on iTunes on purchased songs. So Twitter continues to expand and grow. I will be very honest with you. I don't get it. Let's say you're following an actor. Do you really want to know what that actor's music he's listening to? Or what if he's getting paid by the music industry to say he's listening to something like... I don't get it. But Twitter, I do get, and I could separate this. It's It's got a strategy to become more immersed in content delivery. I use Twitter as a great news uh, sorting vehicle. I used to get up and read four newspapers. You read the New York Times, you read the Wall Street Journal. The Financial Times you look at. If the day slows down, you, you come back to it. You look at like maybe some Bloomberg tear sheets. Uh, now it's just all on one. You look at Twitter headlines, see what stories you want to read. U.S. opened lower today, starting to pair some of the losses. I think the big question is, will the SP 500 hold 1500, 1550? Will the Dow hold 14,000, 14,500? You know, what number do we feel comfortable defending? When does more money come into the market? Um, S&P 500 is down 4, the Dow is down 42, the NASDAQ down 15. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. This has been an interesting week with first collapse of gold and now a correction underway on Wall Street. It's been a while since we've had a 10% correction. Too long. What I want to throw about, out about that is corrections are normal and healthy. It's a lot like getting a haircut. It's normal and healthy. You can't grow your hair longer unless you, you know, trim the, the split ends on occasion. One thing that I really want you to do is, is consider your income from age 20 to 60, but also consider your income from age 60 to 100. 
you know, 20 to 60, you're actively working. From 60 to 100, you're probably passively working your income. I think that makes a little bit of sense to some people. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Some of the top stories of the day include Select Comfort, they reported profits of 41 cents a share. You can buy a mattress company. They've got a change in their marketing strategy. They said that was ineffective. They plan to revert back to its proven methods of advertising. Mattresses are expensive, and yet they're incredibly cheap to make in Mexico and import to the United States. Why do you think companies like Mancini's and other mattress companies run basically nonstop commercials on radio? And they're not cheap. The profits are huge. There's a general trend in the United States that our vehicles are getting more miles per gallon. That's creating a scenario where we're a little less dependent on energy companies. China it's got a lot of people worried at this point in time how they're growing. Are they slowing down or not? What their growth rates should be, could be, will be. One problem about China is they've got a lot of state-run businesses, and they're starting to see that that's not quite uh, as efficient as letting individuals make the decisions. Restaurant chain that I don't like, Darden Restaurants. They are Olive Garden, they are Red Lobster, the Longhorn Steakhouse. Darden Restaurant owns all of them. I own, I don't own, but I'd consider owning Yum Brands. They're Kentucky Fried Chicken, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. Big play in Asia. Asian bird flu has killed eight people so far. No one wants to eat chicken. That can create a buy opportunity. But back to Darden Restaurants, Red Lobster, Olive Garden, Longhorn, Steakhouse. These, these are brands that I think are troubled. They try to continually update their menus. They try to remodel. They try to do slicker promotions. To me, they're inexpensive food. And inexpensive diners are a dime a dozen. You can get cheap food in a lot of places. You have a memorable meal when you pay a little bit more money for it. You know, we've all eaten at Olive Garden for whatever reason. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. We were on vacation. It's the only place we could find in Oklahoma City or whatever. Keep in mind, the Bay Area... We love our restaurants. There's a restaurant in Saratoga called Salsa V that I absolutely adore. The chef is a guy named Josiah. He comes out and he talks to every table. He's been in business 10 plus years. There's no chance he could franchise that. There's no chance he could expand that because it is so unique to him. But Olive Gardens, Red Lobsters, and Longhorn Steakhouses, they pop up everywhere. 
Olive Garden Red Lobster, Longhorn Restaurants, you measure them not on their first year of business, but their second year of business. Same store sales, SSS. Same store sales are important to look at because we as a nation, we as a society, we go out to dinner and if we get bad service once, we never go back again. We look at it, the scenario is I'm paying money, and if you don't make me happy, then I'm going to take my money elsewhere. So Darden has a pretty high dividend yield of 4%. They think they can comfortably maintain that 4%. The problem is, I don't like the share price. Payroll taxes are chewing into households' dining out budgets. And casual is the first thing to go, in my opinion. There's another company I don't like called Strayer Education. It's a for-profit college. I wouldn't even consider hiring someone with a Strayer Education on their resume. They have a hundred plus campus, hundred plus campuses, campus size, campuses, exix, campuses. Online operations to continue to rise, raise prices. There's intense demand from adults that are attracted to their curriculum, which focuses on business accounting and information technology. You'd expect the company's printing money, right? We need continuing education. We need it cheaper than four-year college. But it's not printing money. In 2012, revenue was $562 million, down from $627 million. And in 2010, it was $637 million. So year over year, they're running lower on revenue. Strayer's got a lot of headwinds, in my opinion. College enrollment is falling. Strayer's drifted down in costs. In number of people going, they had 56,000 students in 2010. Now they've got 49,000 students. That's material. 14%. They've uh, basically, I, I think they're kind of a joke on some levels. They've got poor graduation rates. Students leave their school with loads of debt and joblessness. Federal programs such as Pell Grant's critical source of funding could shrink over budget and debt concerns. Strayer's future students could become ineligible for loans if too many of their predecessors fall behind on payments. They don't they can't prove that they really make you a job potential. So some companies, you find out reasons you don't like them. Some companies find out reasons you like them. It's critically important that you start thinking about these companies. So I don't like darting restaurants because of higher income taxes, higher, higher payroll taxes. Find me online at robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So, in the last segment, I talked about some companies that I don't like and for reasons why. 
I'm going to go to restaurants, I'm either going super cheap, like McDonald's, super novel, like Chipotle or Panera, or I'm going high-end. I don't like the mid-range or the low to mid-range. I'd rather go with the volume, 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 the growth of revenue, or the high-end margins. I talked a little bit about Strayer Education and how the numbers are not good when they should be good. I find companies that I don't like to be as intriguing as companies I do like. I don't like Best Buy. Um, I used to love Best Buy. When Citigroup, not Citigroup, but uh, Circuit City went under, I was like, no one's left to sell the goods. And I was still in a very novel new way of thinking of, you know, in the late 1990s, TVs got really good really fast with LEDs. Like, we went from these big tube televisions to super thin. And the first couple that you bought were 1500 2000 bucks. And you would, that kind of money, you're like, I want to see it. <laughs> you know, I want to touch it before I buy it. We, we love our TVs. Watched a little Game of Thrones last night. Caught, caught up. Oh my. The dude loses his hand. And it's not Darth Vader, if you know what I'm saying. Or Luke Skywalker. Ah. Uh, Best Buy. We now go to Best Buy to look at the Samsung TV, and then we order it on Amazon. You know, at one point in time, Best Buy was great at moving... CDs and DVDs. And now we get those on iTunes or on cable. You know, we just download what we want. So I think the numbers are pretty unsettling when you look at Best Buy. Year over year, they reported a 7.5% drop in same-store sales, a 21% decline in entertainment sales. Computer and mobile sales, which account for 44% of their revenue, were up 7.5%. Company reported a loss. Best Buy recently weathered a nasty fight with its founder, Richard Schultz, who tried to successfully take the company private. It's a company I can't get behind. I just can't. It's the phenomenon of ordering online and getting stuff delivered to us is so much more easy and convenient for my lifestyle. Another company that I can't really get behind is Electronic Arts. I used to love the video game market. I'd say things like the video game market is bigger than the movie industry in the United States, and it's 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 amazing. When you play Medal of Honor, you feel like you seriously are leaving reality, and in, you're in a movie. Madden NFL year over year breaks sales records. FIFA, FIFA soccer in Battlefield. Now, a better economy would prompt consumers to spend a little bit more on games. And they may hit a home run with the next consoles. A new Xbox is coming out next year, or this year, as is a new PlayStation. And typically during that transition, you know, companies ramp up some new games. My freak-out fear is that, you know, we're, we're spending a buck, two bucks on casual games. I think the industry-wide is problematic. 
I don't think a new CEO is going to solve Electronic Arts problems. You know, the social networking sites, the games are a lot less profitable than the, the big blockbusters. Competition to create mobile games is tough because new firms can easily meet the simpler technical requirements of small devices. I've got a friend who came up with a PyGal poker or something like that app. And he's like, what you really want is a you know, a building game where you charge people a buck here, a buck there to get some you know, free buildings or some free upgrades. Another company I can't get behind is JCPenney's. With that said, I can't get behind Sears either. I think there's a play for department stores in parts of America. I just don't think it's a big play anymore. JCPenney's used to be a place where we'd go to buy underwear. They got a hot executive from Apple and Target. He was trying to turn things around. They let him go. There's some flip-flops of, are we going to do promotions, not do promotions? Low cost or higher cost with promotions? So I just see the department store is, look, you can pull Steve Jobs out of, out of his grave and put him in JCPenney's as CEO, prop him up on a board. It's still not going to save the company. People want high-quality products at rock-bottom prices, no question asked, returns. Again, I just think JCPenney's is a victim of Amazon. And when I go through this list of companies I don't like, JCPenney's, Best Buy, there's a trend of like someone's doing what they're doing better. So I'd be very cautious, very, very cautious. I want tech and financials to lead the market. Right now, financials feel really oversold. Tech's okay, but financials feel really oversold. So I'd start my shopping list there on new money. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Don't forget, I'm going to be doing an event in nine days. Saturday, September 27th in Burlingame. Going to do a Money 101 in the afternoon for those of you who want to learn how to accumulate wealth from 1 to 4 in Burlingame at the Doubletree. In the morning, I'm going to be doing a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning with CFP Chad Burton. These are great events. .org. Plus.com. control of your financial destiny. Now you can learn the same strategy banks use to create life-changing passive income regardless of your financial situation. Access the Banker's Code free training at theexpertradionetwork.com. Enter the radio code word banker. Learn from one of Inc. 500's fastest growing educational companies in America. Discover the secrets of the Banker's Code. This Saturday morning at 7 on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. It's another Black Wednesday. Join us for Off the Cuff with Rob Black and Friends. A no-host, casual networking mix where you can mingle with top professionals in the world of money and business. Some of Rob's friends include respected pros in the fields of real estate, investing, money managers, entrepreneurs, techies, and more. Black Wednesday, Off the Cuff with Rob Black and Friends. Wednesday, May 1st at Middle Oak Grill at the Stanford Park Hotel. We'll see you there Wednesday, May 1st. Black Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street business. 
Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money. Investing in more. It's earnings season, which I tend to love. It's the week, the weakest earnings season we're going to have this year. In all likelihood, unless things really unravel. So we got that kind of going for us. Taking a look at the market numbers. Week over week, we were talking about new highs. Now we're talking about what's happening. SP 500 down three, Dow down 28, Nasdaq down 15. Ten-year Treasury sits at 1.69 percent. Oil's under 90 dollars a barrel. Commodities got crushed this week. Now, it is earnings season, so earnings might drive the market eBay disappointed investors. They're down 4.1%. Last quarter was a great quarter for them. They moved higher and higher and higher. Up 12% for the quarter. So things were priced for perfection. Is it down and disappointing? I guess if you bought it in the last 90 days. United Health Group, the largest U.S. health insurer, they're down 3.6%. First quarter profit fell 14% on rising medical costs. On the other hand, Verizon, they're up 3.2%. Growth in wireless customers helped profit beat expectations. They said they signed up 25% more iPhone users this quarter than last year at the same time. PepsiCo up 5%. Snack sales increased. Market was more ripe for hiccups. The market was more ripe for hiccups than at any point in time recently. When you're hitting new highs you're seeing a little bit of indigestion. We've got to consolidate that. We've got to digest it. We've had a long run. Earnings, it's probably going to be like a B. A through F, probably a B, maybe a C plus kind of quarter. It's not going to be glorious. It's going to be better than expected, but expectations were lowered. So far, 30 companies, SP 500, are going to release results today. Since the beginning of our season, 81% have reported, 81 have reported, and 74% have beat expectations. Now, only 49% have beat sales expectations. 
So 74 beat earnings expectations, 49 beat sales expectations. That's telling you something, right? It's telling you that revenues aren't glorious right now. We're beating expectations because of capital, because of productivity, because we're firing people. Philip Morris down 3%, the world's largest publicly traded tobacco company. They posted earnings that fell more than analysts expected. Tax increases, economic weakness, hurt shipments. So Verizon is a name I've recommended to you in the past. It's a good, solid name. It's a bellwether name. They're attracting more wireless customers. They're getting them to sign up for lucrative day contracts. They've got a hell of a network already built out. Earnings season tends to dictate the volatility. When we're heading into earnings season at all-time highs, the estimates were coming down. It's going to be a situation where sentiment was too high and needs to correct. Consolidation is a very normal and very healthy thing. After I sprint, I slow down and I breathe. I stop moving and I breathe. So that's what we're seeing there. And again, it's no reason to cry. Unless you tend to lean towards crying, which maybe some of you do. Leading economic indicators index in the United States unexpectedly fell. Gold miners lost $169 billion as price slumps added to the ETF paying. Gold producers ignored as global stocks rebounded in the past two years. Investors turned to exchange-traded funds that tracked bullion. Barrett Gold and Newmont Mining, two of the world's largest producers, are amongst the companies in the you know, gold mine index that have collectively lost about $169 billion in market value since gold peaked in 2011. Any company that's been focused on efficiencies and costs for the last three years is going to fail in this type of market. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. The city of Boston is hosting President or Watchful Eyes of Security. I love Boston. Love Boston, love New York, love Chicago, San Francisco, L.A. The big cities of the United States are so wonderful to visit. Nokia, the Finnish mobile phone maker, dominated the 1990s, back when flip phones were kind of hip and cool. It reported its smallest quarterly revenue in 13 years as handset demand waned. I wouldn't buy Nokia if you paid me to buy Nokia. Competition from Asian manufacturers that run Google's Android software is hurting demand for Nokia's basic handsets. The lower-end mobile phone business is not doing well. They have to start pushing their Microsoft-based Lumias into cheaper prices to gain traction in emerging markets. So, no interest in Nokia. They were yesterday's leader, and yesterday seems so far away. Hey! At my house, I'm having a a free beer party tomorrow. But it's always going to be a free beer party tomorrow. It's never going to be today. It's always tomorrow. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Yesterday, 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 yesterday. Nokia is... It's yesterday. It had its day in the sun. 
Now you're just trying to trade it. You're not going into any sort of leadership position. United States Senate displayed a mass failure of leadership when it killed without even allowing an up-and-down vote on gun control, on background checks for sales of guns at gun shows, and on the Internet and other commercial transactions. The cowardly Congress, their action was not really about the philosophy or the Second Right Amendments. It's not when 80 to 90 percent of Americans favor expanded background checks. Democrats feared re-election challenges from the right. Republicans feared both electoral challenges and having to support both gun control legislation and immigration reform. They're not willing to put their names on too much. Only some. So that basically gives the stocks that are in the gun world, ammunition and manufacturing of them, maybe even the retail side of them, that lack of vote, basically, it maybe it takes out of play the great run that ammunition companies have had because people were fearful about reform, so they were, you know, got to get as much ammo as I can today because I can't get it tomorrow. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Don't forget, i got some seminars coming up. Not this Saturday, but the following Saturday in Burlingame, California. One on wealth preservation retirement planning at the Doubletree from 9 to noon. Sign up at robblack.com. One on wealth accumulation, money 101. Sign up for the Burlingame event on the 27th from 1 to 4 at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This area. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Money investing in more. There's so many ways you could read statistics. On a year-over-year basis, Verizon's iPhone activations were up 25%. On a December fourth quarter to first quarter comparison... Down 33% versus last year's down 25%. So the holiday season was much better two years ago than it was this year. Interesting how you could play with statistics and almost make them what you want them to. Stocks are continuing to retreat, but the day's setting up not as an up day yet, but it's battling. It's not collapsing like it did yesterday. And Monday, it's not roaring like it did on Tuesday. SP 500 down two, the Dow down 23, Nasdaq down 14. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at NewFocusFinancial.com. He manages wealth for clients. NewFocusFinancial.com. Let's talk a little bit of mutual funds, and maybe let's take the angle of the introductory to a mutual fund. What do we need to know? Well, I think it's a matter of comparing 
apples and apples. Okay. Um, you know, with the whole idea of index investing in John Vogel from Vanguard, um, people got almost too fee sensitive. I mean, it's very important to look at fees when it comes to mutual funds, but people look at a large cap fund and see, or an ETF, which now has four basis points. So four tenths of 1%, you can invest in the entire market through things like iShares. Um, And so then they look at an international fund and see fees of around 1% or more. And they think, oh, I'm not going to touch that international fund. The issue is, is that, yeah, that international funds are already just going to have higher fees because you, you want boots on the ground in those countries that they're investing in. You want to have the analysts know the companies, visit the management, things like that. So there's already more cost. So fees, when you look at the returns, especially if you're using Morningstar.com as a tool, the returns are net of fees. So you have to realize that. Sometimes you get what you pay for when it comes to fees. So what I like to concentrate on, what I always talk about, is when I'm investing in a broad stroke of large-cap U.S. stocks and large-cap or in mid-cap U.S. stocks, that's where I really, really like to use index funds or ETFs, all right? Um, or if I'm in a positive market for bonds where interest rates are steady and or coming down and all bonds look fairly attractive, index funds or ETFs are a good way to go there. When it comes to small-cap international emerging markets or any alternative investments, you can, if you do the homework, find the funds that outperform the indexes. And what I mean by that is if you look at a, an index that's in you know, China, for example, a lot of times you'll look at that index and say, really, I don't want to own all of those companies that are in that index. I want a manager to be much more specific. So that's why I think managed funds and small cap, international emerging markets make more sense than index funds. Can I slow you down a bit? Sure. What does return net of fees mean? Well, so when you're seeing a return, um, you know, Let's say you look at an a international index fund, like the MSCI index, and the return is 16%, but you see a managed mutual fund where the return for 2012 was 15 or 16% or 17 18%. It, it, those returns are showing you net of the fees. It's your real return. Okay. Um, so it has the fees built into The it. fees are built into the return, and but people still, they look at the return, and then they see the fees... Even though the return is lower, they say, oh, the fee's much lower, so I'm going to buy that fund. That's not necessarily the right thing to do. It's a bad way to shop. Yeah. Yep. Uh, shopping on price tag alone, sometimes you get lower quality. No, shopping on the way, the, the real way to shop for managed mutual funds, too, is is you look at, you know, three, five, and ten-year average returns. Yep. And then you look at consistency. You look at items like know what standard deviation means. If a fund has this, two funds have the same uh, longer-term returns... Look at the standard deviation. The one with the lower standard deviation has more consistency, less volatility. Um, and then look at how long the manager's been there. Make sure the manager or the management team has been in place for the length of the track record. Um, because too many funds change when they get a new person at the helm. And it's interesting for me to look at 10-year returns in large part because you're just, you, you fired today. You're like, one, three, five, ten 10 years. To me, 10 years means how did it do after 9-11? How did it do with Bush's president? How did it do with Obama's president? How did it do with uh, the 2008 market correction? How did it do with their recovery? Did it, out, did it outperform in good times? Did it underperform in bad times? Like, I need to know this stuff, or at least I need to think about it so I know I'm educated going into a uh, purchase. Yeah, and you need to see what happened. Did they make big bets to get the returns? In other words, you want to look at the funds and, and realize what their you know annual holdings tend to be. They report to you on a quarterly basis, and if you start seeing too much weight in a certain sector where they're trying to make big bets to make up for mediocre returns, 
that's when you get a little bit wary of the fund and say, okay, well, they're, they're just trying to catch up and they're taking on too much risk. What do we need to know about alpha and beta of mutual funds? Well, beta is how how much risk, well, how much movement you're going to have versus whatever index it's following. So if you have a large cap fund and it has a beta of one, if the market moves up 5%, your fund's probably going to move up 5%. If it moves down 10%, your fund's probably going to move down 10%. Beta of less than one means it, it moves a little bit less. So as the closer you get to retirement, the more you want to pay attention to the beta because you want exposure in those areas, but you want lower beta, lower volatility because you're drawing on your portfolio. Typically, uh, dividend-paying stocks that increase their dividends have a little bit lower beta in the long run, and that's why you focus more on that towards retirement. Alpha is a measurement of are you being compensated for the extra risk that you're taking. So when you can run a portfolio through, say, Morningstar, and you're overweighting in small-cap, mid-cap, emerging markets and taking on more risk, are you truly being compensated for that risk? And that's important, the, the more money that you have. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He manages wealthy clients. You can learn more information about him at newfocusfinancial.com. And we're doing a big event for the wealthy. We're doing a big event for the wealthy, um, pres- Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning in Burlingame on the 27th. It's Saturday from 9 to noon. And a Money 101 All Things Financial from 1 to 4 in the afternoon. Dale from Seattle wants to know about Lending Club. And my concept on Lending Club is it's a bad idea. It's peer-to-peer lending. It's not regulated. Loans can and will fail. To me, it feels like it, I'm not going to say pyramid, but I don't think you want to get in the business of lending money. I won't even lend money to family members. Now, again, if that's something you want to do, go for it. It's not secure. It's not regulated. I'd be very, very cautious. If you just Google Lending Club negatives, I think you'll, you might spook yourself a little bit. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls in the air. I always have events coming up. You can find out about my events coming up in Burlingame at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. On AM 1220, KDOW, and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Next week is National Princess Week. I know you're saying, you're making that up. Please tell me you're making that up. I'm not. It's a $4 billion industry. National Princess Week is upon us, starting on the 21st of April. It's brought to you by Disney. Not a surprise, huh? But it's also brought to you by Target. Celebrating princesses everywhere. Welcome Princess Marita to the Disney Princess Royal Court. What happens when you 
go after this? I guess you get poor. You can get a DVD of Brave, or you can get a Princess Marita doll for 14 bucks. It's a shopping opportunity. It's easy to moan about this, because Disney and Target are taking us for chops. National Princess Week? Disney realized in the early 2000s that princess stuff could be marketed as, well, princess stuff. The selling of Ariel, Pocahontas, Cinderella went into overdrive. 26,000 princess products tied to Disney. 26,000 princess products tied to Disney. It's glitzy, it's sexist merchandise. It's pure, it's simple. I think you should take Princess Week as an opportunity to remind your daughters that real princesses do charity work. I don't think you should push your kid into celebrating the, the grandeur and the splendor of it. You know, don't make it into a superhero kind of thing. So Disney's got 14,000 products tied towards princesses. $4 billion industry. Disney also is out on the record today talking about how they're going to make a new Star Wars movie every year. How often? Every year. That's got to freak you out a little bit. So they're going to do episode 7, 8, and 9 every other year. And in the odd years, what you're going to get is kind of like young Han Solo or a Chewbacca story that's new and unique to just Chewbacca. This push is going to start in 2015. So releases are going to alternate between a part of the new Star Wars trilogy and standalone films. J.J. Abrams is directing Episode 7. No confirmation on who's going to be episoding the spinoff or the spinoffs. Disney owns Star Wars. Disney owns princesses. There was a story out earlier this week tied towards Robert Downey Jr. making $50 million, basically because he took a back-end deal on the Avengers. The other stars of this, the movie made 2 to $3 million. Long story short, Disney owns superheroes, Disney owns princesses, Disney owns Star Wars. Like, what don't they own? That's one of the reasons you want to look at owning shares of Disney. I'm not telling you to do it, but I'm telling you, you can't afford not to do it. If you're a parent, you know how expensive raising kids are. You know that you want to put them in front of the TV, give you a little bit of a break. Disney channels now rival Nickelodeon channels. So Nickelodeon had SpongeBob SquarePants, and that's a billion-dollar franchise. Disney's creating their billion-dollar television franchises. If you can't beat them, join them. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Budweiser's released a new bowtie-shaped can to attract younger people to its brand. They say it's inspired by their logo. 
contains 11.3 ounces of beer compared to the original 12. It will be sold in eight packs. The design is intended to go for younger, trendier seekers who haven't yet tried a Budweiser. And at a time when companies like Pull and Spring are working to reduce packaging, Budweiser's new can uses twice as much aluminum of the standard. Interesting, right? Budweiser normal cans will still be available, but the 8-pack will be unique. I don't get that. You know, try as I might, I don't get it. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. I saw that Marissa Mayer was named Times 100 Most Influential People. Okay. Yahoo's got a, a very unique gift in Alibaba that is unique to them in the sense that it's going to IPO at some point. And we care more about the value of that IPO than we do the value of Yahoo without that IPO. There's a rumor out there that Microsoft's going to bail on the new age user interface of Windows 8, and they're just going to go back to the typical Windows that has the start menu. PC sales are abysmal. Windows 8 didn't help. To fix the problem, there's a rumor that Microsoft is going to go back to what they used to have. Reports from a couple of different forums raised the possibility that Microsoft might be moving towards allowing users to skip booting into the Metro-style start menu and instead start their PCs in desktop mode. I played with Windows 8, and I absolutely hated it. I know one person who's played with it, and they absolutely love it. I don't get it. So the middle class in the United States is getting squeezed. You might be part of the middle class. Who do you blame? You know, people are getting annoyed at, you know, uh, this economy. We do seem to be a, a nation of public assistance and haves, the haves and have-nots. The people who live on public assistance have soared in the last few years. 46 million Americans received food stamps in 2012. That's up from 28 million in 2008. Medicaid provided health coverage to 52.6 million Americans in 2011 up from 43 million in 2008. Those programs are funded with taxpayer dollars. And again, the middle class is disappearing. The middle class is looking around, the ones that are there, and they're going, why are we flipping the bill on this? Advocates for the poor note that a lot of people depend on public assistance for only a short period of time until their situation improves. Overall, 91% of people in America are receiving some sort of government help, including Social Security, Medicare, elderly, disabled, working families. So there is a sense of outrage. There is a sense of people paying their fair share. Are people lazy, just don't want to work? Should we give free housing? Should we give cheap housing? Food stamps can't be used by alcohol or tobacco. When I was in high school, I worked in a grocery store, and I can tell you that food stamps, they were abused. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 
just got an email. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Um, <laughs> very funny. Francisco says, when are you going to have a seminar in Stockton? Stockton, California is one of those areas of the country that a lot of people bought houses because they were cheap. And then when the housing market went up, they didn't sell those housing. They thought they was going to continue to go up. When the economy went south and the housing economy went south with it, those housing prices got crushed. Um, some markets aren't going to come back. Some markets will come back. Some markets will get artificially inflated again. You need to be very, very cautious on the way you approach real estate. I know someone who's in a townhouse right now, and he wants to get into a single-family home, and he's finding just too many bidders in the neighborhood that he wants. So he's going to have to go to a neighborhood that he doesn't want if he wants that single-family house. The desired neighborhoods have very little inventory, so people are overpaying. Does that mean the house will go up in value? No. It means that they're overpaying. Does it mean it's a fair price? No. It means people are overpaying. And if you're not comfortable overpaying, don't play the game. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. In the first hour, I talked about some stocks that I don't like and why. I want you to come up with a list of stocks you like and why. I don't like Nokia because there's a company called Google and there's a company called Apple. There's nothing you can do to convince me to like Nokia at this point in time. Is that fair? What else do we have to throw out there? Philip Morris in the news today. Income of $2.1 billion versus last year's $2.1 billion. Their CEO is retiring. Philip Morris is a play on international smoking. Volumes were weaker than expected. They lowered their forecast for the year. The only reason to own Philip Morris is the income. I don't think cigarettes are considered a growing business at this point in time, except for in developing countries, which I guess is growing, but you see what I'm trying to say. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Family shares fall to the lowest in three months. Our radio station. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking to all things financial. Money invested in more. Stock market is getting hit again. Apple's getting hit. Apple reports earnings next week. Google reports earnings today, so we're going to get some dot-com companies. The financials have been a little less than impressive, but good. SP 500's down 8. The Nasdaq's down 26. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 68. Taking a look at some of the stocks that we talk about. Nokia's down 11%, $3 stock. I have no interest in it. 
Bank of America got hit yesterday, getting hit again today. Sprint's higher. Sprint's one of those companies that people want. They've got broadband. They've got spectrum that people are intrigued by. Verizon's moving higher. Sprint's moving higher. Uh, utility plays. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One area that we should talk about, in my opinion, is diversification. I'm sitting here reporting today that the market's getting hit. And it feels like, oh my God, we're going down. Yeah, we are. And that's okay. That's pretty normal. It shouldn't be shocking. It shouldn't be upsetting. So PepsiCo, will they be in business this time next year? Sure. Union Pacific, will they be in business? Yeah. Is Kansas City Southern better than Union Pacific? Maybe. Sherwin-Williams, the pummeling of commodities this week has been pretty humiliating. It's raised a lot of flags. It's brought up a lot of questions. Where does the stock market go over the next six months? If last year is an indication, it corrects during the spring and then moves higher during the fall. Does that mean you should get out of the market right now? No. You never know when it's going to correct in the spring or not correct in the spring. Should you be more defensive? I can make a case for that. Nestle reported slowest first quarter sales since 2009 on deceleration in emerging markets amidst lower prices in Europe. We're going to see a second quarter swoon. Recent fundamental data points to the same thing that we got last year. A weakness in the second quarter. The question is, will the jobs slowly, continually improve, leading us to a higher third and fourth quarter? During the 2007-2009 recession, income excluding capital gains fell by 5%. So capital gains taxes have gone up. Payroll taxes have gone up. Sales tax in some states have gone up. You and I have got less money to spend to throw into our economy. Taking a look at what some of the experts are saying, it can kind of freak you out. Jonathan Golub, he's an equity strategist at UBS, said stocks are poised for a spring break that will bring losses to investors. The market advance has been out of sync with weak earnings and economic trends. Another spring break is likely to materialize, and now is a good time to begin dialing back on risk. He said the SP 500 will drop to 14.25 by year end, and investors should buy defensive stocks. So he's on the camp of very defensive. Michael Amy, a money manager at Pemco, said UK government bonds maturing in 30 years are unattractive because they fail to offer adequate protection against inflation. So bonds aren't going to get you to retirement. But Jonathan Golub said stocks aren't doing terribly well either. Campbell Harvey. He's a professor at Duke. He said gold has room to fall further when inflation is taken into account. People are talking about this huge sell-off in gold. It's not really that substantial. For the gold CPI ratio, consumer price index ratio, to reach its historical average, gold would have to fall below $800 an ounce. And he thinks that may occur over time, especially as more investors sell shares of exchange-traded funds. 
there's a lot of opinions out there. You have to develop your own. You have to find out what works for you and what you're comfortable with. Revenues were down in the financials at Wells Fargo and Chase. A little bit up at Citigroup. That was a nice surprise. It's difficult for the banks to make money in this kind of environment. The low-cost loan, the low interest rates, they can't bank on their own banks. I'm a markets-oriented person. I don't want banks to turn into utilities. I don't want a lot of government regulation on them. If people invest in banks, I want to take the loss in the bank. I don't want shareholders. I don't want taxpayers to. I want shareholders to. Our banks are going to become a little bit smaller, a little bit more stable, a little less complex. So bank earnings are critically important to pay attention to. Where are they making their money? You can listen to the Citigroup call. You can listen to the Wells Fargo call. Where are they losing money? It can teach you about other sectors. If they're not making a lot of money in real estate, on mortgages, or they have mortgages that, that aren't failing, that could give you some ideas on investments. Banks are going to have to prepare for a higher interest rate scenario, much like you and I are going to have to prepare for a higher interest rate scenario. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. To get your calls in there, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing in more. Call the show, 800-516-1220. i got some seminars coming up in Burlingame, Saturday the 27th, for wealth preservation and retirement planning, as well as learning how to invest. You can sign up for the events in Burlingame at the Doubletree at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Tony Mendez. The show's going to be about real estate, how to buy and sell primary residences, investment properties, second homes. I'm going to have several guests on to explain all the different aspects of the business of real estate, including appraisers, tax accountants to go over tax laws. I'm going to give them insights into the inner workings of real estate from the perspective of not only me as the host, but the several guests that I want to have on. All new Money 2.0, weekdays 6 to 7 p.m. on AM 1220 KDOW. Join the three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.